0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening
1: to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com. Now, get ready for Thunder
0: and Lightning.
1: This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you. On a Tuesday morning, thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churnin' and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive through over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at BrewPelo.com. Over in Tupelo, it would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupelo was in Soche. Ooh, yes, it would. Nobody. That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. I hadn't brought that. I don't think I've done that one either, so that's a good Mississippi town there. Wherever you are in our fine state or wherever you are in this great country, you can always have Strange Brew Coffee. You can have it every single morning. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it to be shipped to your house. Whatever kind of coffee machines on the front counter there, They got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. Not just clothes, although they have the best selection of it in central Mississippi, but it's a lot more than that. It's stuff for the car, for your house, for your tailgate, or just whatever. Gift ideas, they've got it all. Pick them out. are two locations in the Jackson area, ridged by Fleet Feet, Flowed by the Half Shell, or you can just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's best restaurant. Even while I was on vacation, I kept an eye on the rankings there, and they remained at number one. And why shouldn't they? They have the best place to go for lunch, the best place to go for dinner, and they have the best, they're the best place to go uh, for a Sunday brunch. So whatever meal you're trying to get, you get the best one at Restaurant Tyler, including like I said, I, I always harp on the lunch. Just my favorite place for lunch in town. I love a good blue plate. I love fried catfish. I love, I love fried chicken, as we all know. So There's no better in Starkville than at Restaurant Tyler. Priority One Bank, 16 locations throughout central Mississippi. If you're a Priority One Bank customer, you already know this, but their app is as good as you're going to find. It's a really easy-to-use, streamlined app. It's very user-friendly, and you can do a lot more on it than just move your money around. Priority One Bank customers already know this, so why aren't you a Priority One Bank customer? They have 16 locations throughout our state, and they will help you out. They will set up a great relationship with you, and you'll have a bank, a local bank that you, that gets behind you as much as you are behind them. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. We got some great football talk today. We will talk about Ole Miss in the second half of the show. That's our spring preview uh, for today. Michael Borky joins us uh, very shortly. Believe- trigger warning.
2: <laughs> trigger warning. That's up there with that. Might be up there with uh, the wrestling trigger warning.
1: We, we're we going to talk about Ole Miss and it's not going to just be insults. It's going to be actual talk about their football team. You prepare your – gird your loins now. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, cornerbacks, though, because Mississippi State started making a tradition out of this, right? It seems like every year or two, it's oh, another guy off to the NFL who's going to replace him, and they just find the guy, right? It, it sort of started with Cam Dantzler, then it moved to Martin Emerson, now it's Emmanuel Forbes, you bring back to Cameron Richardson I think saying solid but not spectacular would be the way I would describe to De Cameron Richardson I don't think he had an, he didn't have an interception last year but played well you know and, and teams you know they had to kind of throw at him because nobody wanted to throw at Forbes and now it's going to be his time to be the, the main guy and it's going to be on Mississippi State to find the replacement for Emmanuel Forbes I think first shot at that's going to go to Kamari Rogers he had a pick in the spring game. Uh, transferring in, he was one of the nation's top cornerbacks coming out of high school just, uh, you know, a, a, over a year ago. But there's some other names to consider. One thing for sure, Mississippi State has upgraded the talent in this room uh, a significant bit in this fi- in this last signing class and really in the class before after a couple years stretch of their, of them missing out on a lot of guys. So there's some depth, there's some options here. Who do you think pairs up with Richardson? At least at the, who gets the first crack?
2: I think that's an ongoing battle. I, I still think Asai's Furge is probably the lead guy right now. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, he's the one who had the most consistent spring. I think you know one of the higher ceilings is is definitely going to be um, Kamari Rogers probably and. He did have a good, I thought, really good spring game. Seemed to have been making strides there late in the spring. So I would like to see him emerge there. I think the 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 ceiling is higher for him. But it's good to see some competition there. I want to see – De'Carlos Nicholson needs to step up, I think. I mean, that's a guy that you you brought in. He was, I think, the number one cornerback in Juco. Yes. Was still really raw. So last year you were able to kind of bring him along a little slower. And it was a luxury for you to have Emmanuel Forbes, Decam, guys like that there ahead of him that he could learn under. But it's time now for him to step into that role and give you some depth. They just lost and Collins to the transfer portal on Monday, and was kind of expected. Uh, We've been hearing that was coming for a while. It just looks like he's getting passed up. You know, some of you know they brought in some other defensive backs out of the portal. But, uh, you know, some of these guys have really got to take a step here in the fall and solidify their spots. Mississippi State needs to have a solid group back there. You no longer have the, um, you know, the automatic weapon that you have in Emmanuel Forbes in the secondary who's going to get you five, six interceptions, who's a guy that a lot of people don't want to throw the ball to, and, you know, decam. Being with him and the season that he had last year, State was in really good hands back there with their corners. Well, now you got, you know, you feel good about DCAM, but you don't really know what you've got out of that other spot. Mississippi State's got to have a guy that solidifies the spot, and then, and then you need another guy or two behind them that you feel like could come in the game and, and really help you out. So, still some questions to be answered, but I think that State has some bodies mm-hmm. that they could be excited about.
1: Are you kind of surprised with 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 Marcus Bank and Hunter Washington? These guys are corners coming out of coming out of the transfer portal from Alabama, Florida State, respectively. And, and yet neither one of them really found their way last year. I think that was kind of expected for Washington. Banks not being a contributor last year, or a bigger contributor, I guess I should say, last year was surprising to me. And now you know, they're they're playing summit safety. Are, are you kind of surprised by how how their their MSU tenures have sort of played out at this point?
2: A little bit. You know, I I think that uh, Banks is, I think Banks can play multiple positions for you. Mm -hmm. I I like, I like what I saw from him in the spring. I I like, right now, I feel like I like the safeties a little more than I do the corners. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe I'm, maybe I'm off base on that, but, you know, I like what I see from, from Marcus Banks. You know what you're going to get out of uh, Sean Preston. Um, I feel good about the possibilities of Corey Ellington. We're going to see Isaac Smith in the fall as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think the back end is, is coming along a little bit, but there's still so many questions about who's going to be at what position and who's going to, how things are going to shake out. But, you know, I, I like Marcus Banks. I think that uh, he's going to be a, a good piece for Mississippi State in the back end this year.
1: You know, you think back to to Emmanuel Forbes coming in as as a four star kid and a guy who was, uh, you know, highly recruited. A guy that Mississippi State fans, you know, were, were excited to have on board. And he, he, you know, sort of from the first game, he had a pick in that first ever game for him against LSU at the end of that, and 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 you know, took over that position from Asias Verge and and really never let it go. Is there a you know, you mentioned Isaac Smith as a potential year one contributor at the safety position. Is there a year one contributor from the high school guys? Because I think, you know, State got some solid guys here. I like Luke Evans. Uh, I like Bryce Pollock. I, I like, uh, um, I forget his first name, Abram, uh, Jalen Abram. They've got some guys there. Is, is there a guy who could, maybe not at the same level as Forbes, but, you know, it could be that third corner, the nickel corner this year, and then be the, be ready to take off next year as Mississippi State tries to replace DeCambrian Richardson?
2: yeah I don't know um uh, Luke Evans might be your best bet mm-hmm. i would guess good looking kid six two one seventy five really like him, and uh you know he's he's already you know kind of getting a head start that that would probably be your best bet mm-hmm. out of the true freshman coming in, and you know we'll see beyond that, but yeah I mean you do have some guys especially at safety that have some experience mm-hmm. that you don't have to throw those guys in the fire. Isaac Smith, obviously, is a guy at safety that I think I would be a little surprised if he didn't play this year, even after missing the spring, just because he's such a different kind of guy. Right. But at cornerback, I don't know. I Like I said, I just like right now I just feel better about the safeties because the depth is a little more there. And I think, you know, you still got <clears throat> like Jacoby Albert came in, Chris Keyes came in. You got these transfers at safety. Cornerback. I mean, you got Kamari Rogers, and we don't know what you're going to get out of Radar Jones. Um, And I mean, I think they've still been recruiting some other transfer corners. You really need some depth there, and it might be a a a year where you have to play a guy like a Luke Evans this year just to start getting his feet wet to get somebody ready if something ever happens.
1: Is Kelly Jones a cornerback for his career? I mean, at six foot four, that is such an interesting prospect.
2: Yeah, I, I I've never seen cornerback with him. Uh, I saw him for the first time live last year at Top Dog Camp, mm-hmm. and long physical. Now he he moves extremely well for a guy that size. He's got the athletic ability. I just don't know as far as you know his building mean, when he gets to school. Is he going to be able to? to keep off, you know, 25 pounds Mm -hmm. of muscle
1: Yeah,
2: Uh, because, you know, I just, you know, like you said, the six, four, I mean, I'm six, four and I'm 215 pounds and there's not, you know, just a solid muscle on me right now. If I went out there and, you know, really got into a weight program, put on some muscle, I'd probably get up to 225, 230 or something. I'd be a little, I'd, I'd look a lot different. I don't know if I can go out there and and look like a cornerback, and that's kind of the same thing with him. I don't know if if cornerback is is going to be his position. It's kind of like to call us Nicholson too. Like I'm kind of surprised he's sticking at corner. Yeah. Like I I would have thought it would have flipped. Like you were saying, like I would have thought Nicholson would have been the, the safety and Banks would be the corner, but it's worked out differently than that. But I don't I don't see cornerback with Kelly Jones. And, and maybe he'll come in and prove me wrong. And I'm not saying he doesn't have the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. I just feel like he's more—he would be a more fluid safety than he is a cornerback, just because of the length that he has, and also, you know, he's a like he's got the ability to be a wide guy, wide, broad shoulders. When he gets to school, I think he's going to look a little different. Do
1: you think that the the second transfer window here for Mississippi State they they're still looking for corners?
2: Yes. Didn't they just have a TCU guy in?
1: I believe uh, that's correct. Yeah, I don't I, I don't have the name in front of
2: me, but yeah, I believe you're correct. Well, let, let's pull up Paul's biscuits because I believe he talked about it.
1: Paul Did Jones? Did not? You know. What does that guy know? You know,
2: Paul Jones. Uh, Keon yes, uh, Stewart. Ke- Keon yeah. Stewart. Yeah. See, Paul is a wealth of knowledge. You should be following 247 Sports on a daily basis because he keeps people updated like that, including those that are supposed to know these things um, like you and I. Yeah, well, you know. But, uh, yeah, so they're still actively pursuing another you know, cornerback, which I think is the best thing to do. I mean, you just lost Aldavian Collins, like I said. And you, quite frankly, you need some depth, and not just depth. You need guys that have experience, guys that can come in and it's not going to be overwhelming against them, against SEC players. I, I really feel like it's important for them in the offseason to try to get one of those guys because, I'm, you know, just looking at the roster, I don't know if I'd feel totally comfortable – with this cornerback room as is. Like, I I think that they could get away with it, but you don't want to just get away with it. Like, you want to be able to have, like, some comfortability there, some flexibility if somebody's hurt, if somebody's not working out, you have somebody else to pop in.
1: We shall see. I just just feel confident about Mississippi. Cornerback is a position that, you know, McBath – for all the recruiting issues he had his first couple seasons, the play on the field has been great every year. Yes. Emerson and, and Forbes are both going to be NFL guys. Richardson, I mean, he needs to take us a big step forward to have that kind of a uh, future. And then this year, the recruiting kind of turned, and he brought in you know three, four really solid prospects at that position. So I just, I just have some faith back there that. And we
2: haven't been talking about you know so and so getting burnt at corner. Right. right. There, there's been some safeties, yeah. but we haven't. I mean. We haven't been looking up and there's Emmanuel Forbes chasing somebody down the sidelines or DKM right. D- right. or Martin Emerson. There just haven't been a lot of those moments. It's yeah. mostly been, you know, situations where yeah, the I safety's see. on an You're island.
1: You're putting sa- safeties out there. so And I'm interested. That's something we'll talk about, you know, next week with the safety position. But, you know, does Matt Brock, does, do things change with him a little bit? Does he, you know, kind of get away from putting his safeties in those positions? Or does he feel like this year – yeah, you know, he's got some safeties who can who can handle those kind of situations. Does he feel like, you know, we're talking about Hunter Washington and and uh, and Marcus Banks at safety, former corners? Maybe they can be a little bit more of a of an, asp- an asset, Mississippi State in pass coverage than than years past. We'll see. We'll talk about the safeties uh, on next week's uh, podcast on Tuesday. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it is what's for dinner. Whatever you're looking to cook, you know, if you're looking for you know great stuff on the weekends when you're firing up the grill, obviously beef is the way to go. But if you're just looking for a quick weeknight meal to feed your family, I mean, there's so many great options out there for with beef that are quick, they're easy, and they're delicious. If you're looking for recipes like that, I've got a place for you. It's msbeef.org. They've got the, the recipes. And, of course, you can always find them anywhere online. But you can make a great meal for your family in minutes with beef as the star. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find the smoked Southern soul food. And what does that mean? Well, it means, you know, Two Brothers, everybody's like, oh, it's barbecue. It's great barbecue. And look, it is great barbecue. It's some of the best around. But it's a lot more than that at Two Brothers. They've always got great food, always got some good specials. And of course, they always have Brian and Robbie's favorite, the prime rib sandwich. Which mm. you know, I mentioned beef a moment ago, and and there's there it is in all its shining glory on 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 a delicious toasted roll with with cheese and with onions and with a dip. Ooh. Yeah, it's delicious. So I went straight David Adcock there for a second there. I don't know if you
2: know who that is. And didn't you say they had isn't there like a new sandwich? So they sent me a picture, and I haven't
1: been I haven't looked at this it, on the menu, but of a of the prime rib Philly cheesesteak. Ooh. So, I may need to look. Let me need to little delve a little deeper into that and uh, that mystery uh, very, very soon. Hope we'll see you there at Two Brothers, the home of smoked Southern soul food. Great products and great services, what every business likes to promise you, but they deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems. They've been doing it for 48 years. That's the kind of reputation you want to do business with. That's the kind of people that you want to have your business connected to. Because they've been doing it for so long, you know they know how to take care of their customers. If you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, call them back. No 1-800 number, no call center, no out-of-state technicians, just good Mississippians that you've been doing business with that whole time. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, avsms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at The Rogue what can you say it's just the best around they've got the polos and the pullovers you want to be wearing they've got the logos that you the fans have said that you prefer they've got great styles great name brands and of course they top it off with the service that you are that they are known for i mean that's why the rogue has been one of the top men's clothing stores not just in mississippi but in the south over the past few decades that's a long heritage of taking care of their customers. That's a theme here on Thunder and Lightning. We we like businesses that take care of their customers because when we shop there, we want to be taken care of, just like you do. And don't forget, when you shop at the Rogue, you're supporting the Bulldog Initiative. They are a proud sponsor of Bulldog NIL efforts. Shop at the Rogue in Jackson. Shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. If you haven't had breakfast yet at Dolce, you're missing out. That's the new spot in town that you want to go to. Great breakfast sandwiches, great bagels, coffee, everything you're looking for. And then for lunch, the artisanal grilled cheese sandwiches they offer there are another fantastic option. And, you know, oh, I forgot, they also have delicious gelato. So it's really a great place to go for whatever meal you're looking for. If you're just looking for a pick-me-up in the afternoon, Head over to 509 University Drive to one of Starville's best-kept secrets. Enjoy a day at Dolce. Spring wraparound time. It's Egg Bowl time. Let's talk about the Rebels. Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Last year goes the Bulldogs' way. What happens with the Rebels this season? A lot of new faces, some returning starters, some returning stars. But what is this Ole Miss football team? I talked earlier today with Michael Borky, one of my co-hosts, from Sports Talk Mississippi, and got his thoughts on what's happening in Oxford? Well, we've reached everyone's most anticipated team in our spring wraparound. Everyone loves to talk about Ole Miss. My friend Michael Borkey from Sports Talk Mississippi has joined me to do exactly that. Let's just talk like a general overarching. Well, thing.
0: first, first, first
1: oh, is a first. Okay,
0: I need credit for showing up. I mean, you're here. I'm here. Your voice sounds fantastic. I I deserve credit for that because apparently that's hard to do.
1: <laughs> We're recording this uh, about three hours before showtime of Monday Sports Talk Mississippi. I'll just go ahead and let you in. You know I've got some jokes. They're coming. They're, that's Good. Coming. It's going to happen. Good. So just just be prepared. And, Sell and, my jokes and, when I make them. You gotta you gotta give me a little over the top.
0: You know? I, I will. Because and what's funny? There are people that are like not taking the jokes well. It's not Old Mrs. fault, Morgan Wallens. Uh, <laughs> it's not. Um, um, uh, uh, lost his voice. Lost his it, voice it's, yeah. it's 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 not their fault. So he's the jerk. I mean, I drank all weekend and didn't that, lose my voice. I yeah. just will point that out. He's the uh, guy that lost his voice. But anyway, uh, the returns on speaking of Mississippi State, uh, a lot of people that I know that went loved Hardy, and I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah he, I already put on a
1: great show, so he, he he'll be on that level soon enough. Like he's just in that tier below right now. Yeah. Next year will be his time to jump to be the the, the headliner. So. All right. Spring football at Ole Miss. Football. My question is this, this to start off. Is spring football harder at Ole Miss because of the constant influx of new faces? it's mean, it's it, it, it becomes about building chemistry before you can even do anything else, doesn't it?
0: Uh, let's put it this way. And and this is not chemistry building. This is more of just kind of the nature of it. I had to have the roster up watching the spring game just to, <laughs> to look at numbers to figure yeah. out who these guys were. And that's, that's kind of it. I'm I'm curious to see how that goes this year because, you know, say what you want about Lane Kiffin in, in Auburn and all that, but it, it absolutely to some degree impacted the locker room to some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were questions all season last season about locker room chemistry. And then you read quotes from Lane Kiffin about it, and he was taking a shot at Hugh freeze about how other coaches preach family atmospheres. And he said, It's not a family, it's a football team. Our job's to win. I'm not, I'm not your dad and paraphrasing what he said but he's right and it's not a family it is a football team it's a cutthroat business but shouldn't you try to sell that to your team to get them to come together and, and play together I'd, i've wondered about the transfer portal working in terms of bringing in talent where old miss otherwise could not bring in i mean how many times are they signing five-star wide receivers they got one other in their history and they brought one in from the transfer portal from Texas A&M. They can't do that very often. But chemistry is kind of a a thing here. And it's an underrated talking point. I think I don't hear enough old Miss people talking about that. There was a moment in the spring game where the aforementioned Texas A&M transfer, uh, one of his teammates scored a touchdown. And Lane Kiffin is actually on the broadcast talking to Richard reluctantly. He did not, <laughs> didn't want to. Well, But... You know. but uh, Marshall did we, not go. We celebrate.
1: sympathize,
0: Lane. Marshall didn't go celebrate with his teammates, and, and Lane was like, oh, "We we got to go talk to him about that. When your teammate, if it's not you, it doesn't matter. Your team scored. You go celebrate with them. That's the kind of stuff that they're having to deal with, which is just a little bit extra. At least you think it is compared to a lot of other programs who are not bringing in this many guys from the portal.
1: So let's talk about the main position there, the quarterback position. You and I have debated on Sports Talk Mississippi. We 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 don't. Un- I don't understand why Spencer Sanders is there at this point. It, it feels like it's going to be Dart Walker. Howard will back him up. It'll be his time to shine next year. I would imagine this this quarterback battle, if if you will. I don't know if that's even the right word. You know how has it played out up there and has dart solidified his position enough at this point that you think he's the guy
0: i I think so and and I also think that people are putting way too much stock into what they saw in the the spring game. Spencer Sanders completed passes and he ran around a lot and he looked good. He looked like a guy that's played and started four years of division one power five, if you want to call the big twelve power five uh football. I mean, he looked like that guy, but also uh pete golding had three calls and they weren't allowed to tackle that that entire spring game was for show that that was them putting on a show that was not them like getting another look at their guys unlike what alabama did this past weekend that was i need to figure out what i have at quarterback that is not how old miss approached their spring game at all all you hear is about dart and his improvement He's got a command of the locker room. He's got a command of the team. He, he has gotten much better. His footwork's better. He's more comfortable. That's all you hear. And I, I another underrated talking point, recruiting Spencer Sanders was not difficult for them. And I don't know why people aren't talking about this enough, and, and it's in part because you don't want to talk about a college kid in this way. He didn't have very many options because of academic issues. And I think I don't think it was grades. I think it was, like, coursework. But he didn't have very many options. Right. R- recruiting him was not difficult. So it's not like they had to fight off a bunch of schools and he was promised a starting job because they didn't have to do those things. He didn't have very many options. I will be surprised, though, if all three quarterbacks are on roster this fall. I, yeah. I, I'd be shocked because if you're advising Spencer Sanders, there's an incumbent starter. It's his team, and everybody knows it. He's improved, and you've got one year left of eligibility. Are you really going to stick around to not play with your one year left when you've been a starter for four years? And maybe he can't go anywhere. Maybe the academic thing can't get figured out in a semester, and he can't go anywhere. I I don't know, but I know coaches make promises that that they don't follow up on, but Walker Howard was told, you're the second-team quarterback on this football team. And in 2024, it's your football team. He was told that in his recruiting process. It's why he went to old Miss. You got a year, and when that year's over, and by the way, you're going to be taking second-team reps. You'll be preparing as the starter. If the starter gets hurt, you're in. If they're beating up on Mercer, you're, you're playing. If they're beating up on what is it, Louisiana Monroe, you're playing. You're number two. And I don't know if you want to go back on that promise either, considering his talent and the the – Although he's transferred once. We know how the portal works. We know how that works. It's a mess. It feels like it's a mess. I, w- I still would be surprised if it's not Jackson Dart. I would be surprised if Spencer Sanders doesn't leave. But I- I'm with you. I-, I don't understand it now. I know it wasn't difficult to get him, but I'm still wondering if he stays. There's also a financial investment if he stays. Yeah. Feels like... A waste of resources at that point. It's very confusing and it's hard to talk about because it just feels like the thoughts are all over the place. But it's it's odd. It's very unique.
1: Quinshawn Juggins, best running back in the SEC, maybe in college football. Incredible freshman season. I mean, and, and and you know, when you look back at Ole Miss, and again, they brought in Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley from the portal, and you know, you had this Judkins kid that you heard all these good things about, and then he turned into a superstar. But he had that duo with Evans. People forget last year, Evans was nearly at 1,000 yards when the season ended. Is Bentley going to be able to be a similar one-two punch guy, or is there another diamond in the rough that they're sitting on?
0: I, I don't know if there's another diamond in the rough, but they need him to, they need him to be that guy. Uh, we haven't gotten a good look at him. Uh, I mean, last season, we, we spent so much time talking about how bad the schedule was at the beginning for, for a good reason. Uh, Ole Miss's schedule was not difficult, and he was taking third team running back reps. and And yes, you know he looked good in, in his limited game action. But I mean, it, the the toughest team he played last year was Georgia Tech, who fired their coach. I mean, I mean, how do we know ha- how good he can actually be at this level? He's healthy now, and in the spring game where they weren't allowed to tackle and the defense was as basic as it could possibly be, he looked explosive. Uh, but will that translate when? They're in Tuscaloosa well, when they're in Athens, when LSU's in town. You know, it, will, will it translate there? I, I don't know. But y- you can't have games where you're giving Judkins 30 carries uh, this season for a lot of reasons. I mean, y- you want to protect him for himself. Uh, you want to protect his body for his pro prospects. You, you, there's a lot of things you want to keep him happy and healthy because there's going to be another round of tampering that comes after this season. There's a lot of reasons you don't want to give him 30 carries a game. And they, they need Bentley to be that guy because if he's not, the other option's a true freshman. And there's not true freshmen like Judkins very often. Shouldn't be. Yeah. No. Uh at the
1: receiver position, you know, Jonathan Mingo gone, Malik Keith gone. Those were the two big targets for Ole Miss last year. Is it all on transfers here or is there a returning guy that could make an impact and be that the number one receiver?
0: If you want to call Watkins, Jordan Watkins, a returning guy, you can. He also is a transfer, but he's been in the program for more uh, than just a few months. Uh, He's back. He's healthy. Uh, Underrated player on that team last year. Uh, So that would be a guy that I would look at in terms of returning guys. Apparently, Jalen Knox, stop me if you've heard this before, another transfer but has been in the program for uh, more than just a few months as well. He, he came from Missouri two years ago. Uh, they, they really like what he's been able to do now that he's healthy. But, I, I mean, when you look at this, Dayton Wade is a walk-on, but he came from somewhere else. Every receiver that I think is going to contribute for Ole Miss this season and a high level is a transfer at some point. Again, Watkins returns from last year's team. Knox returns from last year's team, but they were both transfers. And for some reason, r- recruiting high school receivers and making them impactful has not been a thing that they've done at all yet. Because Mingo's not a-, a Kiffin guy.
1: This is the question that determines, you know, what Ole Miss is this year. So it's just this is as simple as I can make it. It's Miss going to be better defensively because if they're not, it's going to be a long year for Ole Miss, and I, I don't know that. People are willing to accept that, and that's going to be my next question. But they have to be better defensively this year. And, I mean, they've had – the one year, 2021, where they were pretty good defensively is a huge outlier of basically the past six, seven years.
0: Well, and it took them six weeks to be good that year, right? I mean, remember Arkansas just up and down the field, up and down the field, up and down the field. What was it 51 points, and they went for two to win the game. I mean, that's – even the good year, that's where they were. Um, and that's the million-dollar question, right? I, I have no idea what a Pete Golding defense is going to look like. I think in part they're, they're not sure what kind of personnel they're going to have to be as multiple as they'd like to be. Um, The, the dependence on the portal is going to be pretty strong in, in this cycle as well, and, and that can be a good thing, but it also can be concerning. They need defensive line help. How many SEC-caliber impact defensive linemen are in the transfer portal? I, how many? I mean, maybe there's a good bit. It's just, those those guys are hard to come by. I mean, you like the starters, at least uh, I think they should. Uh, Harris, the NC State transfer, looks phenomenal on the inside, really explosive and physical and big. But after you look at the first four defensive linemen, you have to think to yourself, wait, who's that guy? Who's Demarcus Smith? Who, who is that? I, I, I don't know. I've never seen him play. Who's J.J. Hawkins? I, I don't know. I haven't seen him play. It's... It's starters and then nobody. And it's the same thing at linebacker. I mean, they brought in a couple of transfers. There's two that you've seen play at Ole Miss before and then the two transfers. And then, I mean, who's Tyler Banks? Who's Jameer Who are these people? I can't tell you because I've never seen them play. The depth is of huge concern. Uh, the, The portal players have to hit and they have to be healthy. I mean, Troy Brown last year got hurt, and then what were they at linebacker? Mm-hmm. They, they weren't particularly good, and it, it looks like it's shaping up to have the identical problem here. So uh, back into the defense should be okay. There's a lot of experienced players there. But, man, I, I mean, I, there, there's no way to know even who they're going to have on this team considering what they need to add in this second portal window. And then those guys have to move to Oxford, get acclimated with the team, and then learn the system and play. There's a chance that defensively they're they're kind of a mess in year one, especially let Cedric Johnson get hurt again. And then I, it's it's a mess. That side of the ball right now is a mess with personnel. It's an absolute mess compared to what it should be.
1: So last year I took a little heat because I said I predicted Ole Miss to go seven and five prior to the season. I was a game off. I had them losing to Kentucky. I was way off on my Kentucky prediction. I'll I'll take I'll take the bullet for that one.
0: Well, they I'll, did strip Will Levis when they were driving to score to to win that
1: game. Yeah, that was probably the best game defensively Ole Miss played all year. Um this year, I mean, you look at that schedule, it's tougher, you know. The, you replace Kentucky with a trip to Georgia. The SEC West is is still where it is. A&M could be better, Auburn could be better, Mississippi State you got to come to full. I mean, 7 and 5 sounds about right where i'm sitting today we'll we'll see where i get in july now paying kiffin nine million a year are Ole miss fans going to accept seven and five
0: no 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 no, they would not all right no they wouldn't Uh, especially after the debacle uh, at the end of last season and and everything that came with that but no uh, they would not accept that uh you know there's a chance that they're better than that i suppose but until they beat Alabama, I won't think they will. They have to go to Athens, so there's two losses, right? There's 12 games. There's two what I would call auto losses, so you've got yeah. 10 games. I, I do think with because of the schedule, if they get to eight, if they beat Mississippi State, for example, and get to eight, people won't like jump through hoops, but yeah. it, see, that's fine. They'll accept that. To get there, then, you have to go eight and two in your remaining 10 games. Well, you've got your four non-conference games that they'll be a favorite in each of them. It's still Georgia Tech. I know they have to go to Tulane, but they lost everything. So if you win those four and you also get Vanderbilt, that's just about five. So you'll be favored in those. So if you can win those five, then it's three and two for your remaining games, which is Texas A&M, LSU, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Auburn. Can they go three and two in those five games? There that. There, there's your April schedule thought. Can they go three and two in those five games? If that answer is yes, then they're gonna win eight games. If that answer is no, then they're not.
1: Simple as that. We shall see. Obviously, a lot more Mississippi State and Ole Miss Talk to come on Sports Talk Mississippi. And, oh,
0: especially, especially because you know, the baseball teams. Um we're gonna have to Hey, I
1: told my listeners that we are we are diving into college football on Thunder and Summer 11. of Football. All right, we'll hit Missouri later this week uh, for Ooh. the next part of today's uh, of the spring background. Michael Borky, Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Talk to you later. Yeah, in like three hours. <laughs> it's as simple as, as one of my last questions there, Robbie. If this team is better defensively, they can they can be a, an 8, 9, maybe a 10-win team because offensively they're going to have some explosive talent and Kiffin is as good a play caller as there is in the SEC. If they are better defensively, it's going to be a struggle to get to 7, maybe even to 6.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt. I was looking at the schedule the other day because there were people saying that Ole Miss was going to win nine games, and it's kind of a struggle to find those nine wins right now. Mm-hmm. And the the reason I say that is not because I don't think the offense will will be good, because I think it will. Their yeah. offense will continue to be good. It's the defense. Yeah. Where what is the what is the optimism that you see from this defense? And like that's not even like. That's being some that's just looking at it from an unbiased perspective. And yes, there's probably some bias in my thoughts about Ole Miss at times. But if you're if you're just a regular person looking at this team, how can you be really excited about what you see on the defensive side of the ball? Right. After what we saw last year, on top of that, you've lost some mega pieces. From that defense, look at some of the transfers they had that actually were some pretty exciting young players that transferred mm-hmm. and went elsewhere. And, you know, some younger guys, too, that are that are leaving before uh, being able to to really get the job done there on the defensive side of the ball. They didn't fill those spots.
1: There's just nobody on the Ole Miss defense that I look at and just go, OK, that guy's a for sure pro at the next level. That I, I I look at him and I'm like, that's an NFL guy, no question about it. The way you have with, with some guys at Mississippi I mean, I look at Mississippi State, Crummity is an NFL guy. Watson is an NFL guy. Um, I mean, you have at least a couple there. And then I think Pickering can be. I think Trevion Williams will start to show that he can be or will be one. But there's just not a guy like that that excites you for Ole Miss. And then on the offensive side of the ball, again, something I asked Borky is, there's just they don't have a proven, you know. Last year, I I was never I'm ne- people who know me know that I, I maybe I undersell the guy. I don't know, but I've never been a big uh, Jonathan Mingo guy. But at least that was some returning production, and you were bringing in Malik Keith, who you know at least that was some return. You know, had had proven himself at Mississippi State enough to think okay he'll be good. He was much better last year than I thought it would be, no question. Which makes me think that they'll find some guys there. But as it sits here today on April the 25th, then. That is that's that's a position that's just kind of you know they got a guy from Louisiana Tech who had a great great season last year, I, 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 okay. They got the five star kid from uh, Texas A and M who everybody says is a, is an issue in terms of you know locker room and 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 fitting into that program there. There's just not anybody that makes me look at them and say again, okay, that's the number one target there. That's somebody Dart can rely on on third and seven when he needs to find them. It's great to have Judkins, who's as as good as there is, but their passing game this year it needs to take a step forward, and they're going to have to do so with basically a new cast of receivers.
2: And that they've got to score a ton of points because again, I just I don't think this defense is going to be very good. Um, you know, with all the hype around Pete Golding, mm-hmm. he's essentially told to move on. So th- this offense is going to have to be, and they got a ton of receivers and. There, there's some talented guys in there, but I mean, like you said, I mean, the Marshall kid was a guy that is had was a problem at A and M, and some reports from there say that he's that he's kind of an issue there at Ole Miss already too. Um, and then you got, you know, the 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 running backs are obviously going to be in in pretty good shape with quinchon Judkins and the guy from SMU's back exactly. and. Yeah, he should be. That should be a big piece for him. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback situation is great right now. No matter what happens, if somebody goes in the portal, if somebody goes, uh, gets hurt or whatever, you're going to have two solid quarterback options. If something happens, they're in good shape at quarterback. But what are you doing at wide receiver? What you know? If something happens with Quinshawn Juckins, What's going on there? So it's a it's a team that you know the. It doesn't really line up with the hype that you that you hear about them. Whenever you start to really dive into the depth and the roster as a whole, and the way that they ended last year, I'm not. I don't think that they upgraded the talent on this team at all. And they had a a cupcake schedule last year. If they, if their schedule doesn't play out like that, Lane Kiffin ain't getting anywhere close to nine million dollars. He's not. He's probably not getting an extension either. Yeah. But the schedule was, you know, Cupcake City in the first half, and it played out exactly how we said it was going to. Mm -hmm. In the last, you know, five of the last six games, they lost. Yeah. And so you go into the offseason, you pick up a few portal additions that excites everybody, but you didn't really address, like, the the real needs that you needed to address. And I look at the schedule this year, and I just – I don't see – Where this team is going to be setting the world on fire.
1: Yeah. I mean, Um, it's just not a schedule set up last year. And we all remember, you know, they got off that seven and no start this year. Their first three games, I mean, they're non conference games. They have Mercer, they'll win that. They're at Tulane. And I know Tulane beat USC last year and they're going to have, you know, they were a great story. But I mean, at the end of the day, an SEC team should be able to win that game, even though it's on the road. Georgia Tech should be better, you know, in year one under Brent Key, but. Ole Miss beat them by forty-two last year. I've, I mean, even if almost wins by twenty, it, it's you know you cut that in half, they're still good. But then the next three are Alabama at L, or I'm sorry at Alabama, LSU, and uh, Arkansas at home. That's tough. That's tough, you know. And then you go to Auburn. You have the Vandy game. AM comes to Ole Miss. You go to Georgia. You have La Monroe, and then it's the Egg Bowl. It's gonna be. It's it, 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 if Kiffin is an eight win coach this year, that's an outstanding coaching job in my opinion. So
2: yeah, I mean, eight eight wins last year was not impressive at all. Eight wins with this schedule would be would be solid, and I'm, I like I don't think that Kiffin is ever just going to completely fall apart. It's kind of like my thoughts on on Mike Leach. Like Leach was always going to be consistent. He was always going to have like a six to eight win team. Mm-hmm. I just with Leach, you were not going to have a whole lot of years where you're competing for an SEC championship, right. and that's fine. I don't see Lane Kiffin having like a four win season at Ole Miss. Right. I think he's going to piece together the roster, and his offense is going to be good enough. He'll he'll have seven to nine wins mm-hmm. regularly, mm-hmm. but at some point, Ole Miss is going to have to have that conversation: is nine million dollars, you know, worth this?
1: And that's what I asked Morgan. That's me. what. Are you gonna will you accept seven and five, and it's gonna be tough. That's a tough pill to swallow when you pay seven nine. seven
2: and five after going eight eight and five last year yeah. and ending the season how you did, and you know you kind of got duped on a on giving them a big contract. Like it's gonna leave a lot of people sour postseason.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: All right,
1: we got we're gonna do two this week and three net. So it'll be three this week and we'll do three next week and we'll be done. So on Thursday's pod, I will talk to uh, Dave Matter, who covers uh, Missouri for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and then a familiar face for South Carolina, our friend Ben Portnoy from the state will join us. Great guy, but knows a lot about South a Carolina.
2: A real piece of trash. Oh, I, I was going to go. That's was one of your young sons. Nice
1: that is one of my handsome young sons. So we'll bring him on. We'll do that. And then next week we'll have uh, Texas A&M, Tennessee, and uh, Vanderbilt, and we'll be done. So that'll be fun. All right, guys, have a great uh, Tuesday. Back with you on Wednesday. That'll be the rumblings. If, Riley, if Robbie wants to uh, fire off our tweet, uh, we will. Uh, we will get some questions in, and we'll be happy to answer those on tomorrow's podcast. Also tomorrow, I guess. Hmm, let me think. Let me think for a second, Rob. I guess future Brian will give us a quick Governor's Cup recap. We, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll do that. So. Uh, We'll have that and the rumblings on tomorrow's show. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.